Hi everyone, this is Jessica. I just started recently with Simply Do It as the marketing and operations director and I was getting together with Danny just to get some information about his background and what Simply Do It is all about and thought we might put together this podcast and answer any questions that anyone out there might be having as well. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Tell me about your background. I noticed your accent. Where are you from? So I'm originally, I was born in Israel, born and raised in Israel. I spent uh, all my childhood growing up there, went to the military, spent three years in special forces in the military, um, then got my uh, um, engineering degree after the military. And when I started working for the Israeli high tech, I realized that the something doesn't add up with uh, you know, my finances or where I thought I was heading. So I hated the fact I was enjoying my job. It was actually boring. Um, but I could see that the path that I'm on is like my parents and my cousins, all the cousins and uncles, and which is uh, looks like I'm going to be working for corporate Israel for the next uh, 15, 20 years and maybe not having much to show for all those long hours because that's the norm there. And I just could not... Uh, you know, um, agree with it. So I started my own uh, journey looking for alternatives. All right. So why real estate? So what, going to that journey exactly, when I first, uh, you know, I was start, starting getting nice high-tech salaries as a young guy um, and working, you know, the long hours, I started, uh, when I started saving up money, a little bit of money, I... For some reason, I don't know even why, I started investing uh, in stocks and options. And while constantly looking for options, for alternative, to educate myself about finances, like real life. You know, I had a degree in engineering. I, I had uh, classes on economics, but I was, uh, I consider myself uh, illiterate when it comes to real life finances. So I decided that I need to teach myself and while I was going through stocks and options, I felt that those investments relatively to the risk are not giving me the rewards that I want. I was, I was really unhappy with the risk reward that I'm seeing. It was okay, but it was like um, options is higher risk kind of a, kind of a, a, um, a tool or investment tool. Uh, so I wasn't, wasn't happy with this. And then I came across... Uh, the idea of um, investing in U.S. real estate. So here I am, I'm a young guy, 23, 24, you know, around that age, you know, um, sitting in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a lecture about U.S. real estate investing. Everything makes perfect sense to me on, a, on you know, on many levels. Um, very different than what I know. But the challenge is, I'm a young guy, lack of experience, there is no, you know, no one around me that's actually doing it. No one. Uh, there's no one to talk to. There's no bigger pockets forums. There's no Facebook. The, Google was a startup. There's no Google Maps at the time. There's only uh, uh, MapQuest. You know, all those tools that we have today were not even existed. Zillow? What Zillow, right? Um, so it was very um, frightening to think about investing in the U.S., the small, you know, me in the big country of Israel thinking about the tiny little area called the U.S. 
was very frightening. At least from there, that's what it felt like. You know, though it's completely the opposite, of course. Um, and that's when I, after a year of going back and forth and attending another lecture and another lecture, I got to, at one point I told myself, are you a talker or are you a walker? Are you going to do something about it or are you just going to continue thinking and digesting? And, and I decided, I'm not, I, I told myself, you're a walker, so go ahead and do that. And I bought the first rental property in 2002, so it's exactly 20 years, um, in a small town in the middle of the desert, you probably never heard of it, called Phoenix, Arizona. Um, and that was my first kind of, my first investment, you know, from Israel, sight and scene, completely on paper, very nerve wracking, um, you know, kind of, actually, I did not have enough money to complete that deal myself. So I brought in my friend, actually, my cousin was my friend, and we did the deal together because none of us could have done it by, you know, just on our own uh, finances. So we uh, combined our resources. And I remember after signing the closing documents in one of the Tel Aviv high rises, we're kind of sitting, you know, standing in the elevator, looking at each other, 25 or 26 years old. And like, what have we just done? Like we were like, weren't terrified, but we were, you know, not at ease. Um, for me, it was pretty much everything I had in my bank account went there. So there was a few few bucks in the bank account. I knew the salary is coming soon, so I wasn't concerned. Mm -hmm. But that was a, uh, you know, that was a uh, frightening. So at this point, you're still in Israel. When did you actually take the walk here to the U.S.? Yeah. So um, in 2004, uh, sorry, in 2002 and, and, and three, I, I did two more small investments. More like a, you know, like a group investing, and just not not something um, uh, heavy on the pocket. Throughout uh, 2002, 2003, and then in 2004, my wife and I decided that we, you know, it was always the dream. So I went to high school here uh, back in, uh, you know, in the early 90s, and I just always had my California dreaming stuck in me, and I always wanted to move to the states. And I, I was good at my day job, but I just was so bored. I was, was not challenging for me. So I was very bored from it and I wanted to do something different. And the real estate start, you know, I got to be more and more kind of into it, so to speak. And 2004, we pack our bags and just move over wow. just like that. So the Simply Do It system is really unique. What made you think that this is something that is beneficial for other people as opposed to, you know, doing what you did and figuring yeah, out Yeah, absolutely. Own. Absolutely. So what I've learned over the years, early on, but over the years, is um, people understand the benefits, you know, the benefit real estate can provide them in terms of investing or long-term investing. So uh, almost everybody understands, you know, some people say I would never do real estate for whatever reason, and that's okay. But many people do understand the benefits, right? Or they outweigh the odds of what's the, the noise in the system, what the risk versus the, the potential returns. Um, but most of us, when we look at real estate, especially if we live in an expensive real estate market, such as the West Coast and some of the Northeast, when the prices of, of properties is very high, and the rent is relatively low. The rent is not low, but relatively to the cost of the property is very low, very low. Uh, and that doesn't make a lot of sense. Is the challenge here 
uh, if you're living in a, an expensive real estate market, you need a, a large down payment just to buy something. And even if you have the money and you buy a million dollar home or even you know, 500,000, then the, the rent is relatively low and that doesn't necessarily cover the expenses and the cash flow suffers. So that's a challenge, financial challenge or, 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 or obstacle. So a lot of people understand that the benefit, even if they do it locally, they understand the benefit of real estate, but then when, when someone wants to execute, tons of questions comes along. Where should I buy? How should I go about it? Who can I trust? Doesn't matter if it's locally or remotely. Who can I trust? How would I not get going to take advantage? How will I analyze? How will I evaluate? How will I, you know, resolve problems? So, you know, and those are just the, 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 the starting questions. When you dive into it, there's more challenges and obstacles along the way. And that's where I understood there's a significant knowledge gap, confidence gap, terminology gap that people are lacking in order to go and execute that, you know, in order to overcome those challenges. So almost every person I, I speak with as a beginner investor, they have a series of questions. Almost always, you know, they're very similar, but not always. And all those questions are pointing on their concerns, their fears, and all those things that they, a lot of investors have in their mind, we, as a systemizing, as a process, in, as a system and processes kind of a, a organization, we're able to outline how we can tackle it, how we can address the problem. You know, is it, you know, it can be by suggesting a solution. It can be by suggesting and, you know, mind opening the mindset to, to how things can be done. Is it sometimes it's the buying power that we, that we bring in and negotiate, you know, on the behalf of our clients, um, the, the buying power and the support that we provide, the knowledge that we're bringing. So all those holes, fears, gaps, normally can be addressed with education, knowledge, systems, and processes, and that's what we bring in. Yeah, great yeah. idea for beginners, but what about seasoned buyers? I mean, what, what benefit is this? Yeah. They know the process and they Absolutely. Need, you know, have it's an idea an, of what to do. You know what? And it's a great question. And I even ask some of my own investors that have purchased with me multiple times. I says, just so I understand, you know, you're knowledgeable enough. Why do you need our help? And the answers are uh, is a variety of answers. So, so I have multiple investors that either started with us or started elsewhere and came and said, the way you are able to find deals, the way you are presenting deals, your attention to how you analyze and evaluate, we don't see it anywhere else. For us, your Excel, your systems of you know, reviewing properties is very uh, um, beneficial for me. The second thing that I hear says, you know, you have a buying power that I don't. So when you go to a property manager, not only that you're able to get some discounted fees, they're going to treat you differently than they treat us. So you spend a lot of hours vetting, checking, working, improving. I don't have that ability to go and talk to so many people and so many property managers, and you're probably going to do it better than me. And you have a buying power. So it's a no brainer for me to come and work with someone like you that that has everything, systems and processes very clear in place. You have a vetting process of your teams. You have procedures, how you bring people in. That for me saves tons of time, tons of energy, not even to mention that I would probably not be able to do it as well as you because you have so much experience. And on the top of that, I have you. I have access to you with all your knowledge, all your experience, the good, the bad. You know, for me, it's, you know, it's a no brainer. So 
I could do it, you know, the, some of this, I could probably, I could probably do it by myself. I know I can, and I have the experience, but why would I? It's just, you have all these, you know, you know uh, uh, services, systems, processes. I can consult with you. I can talk to you. I can run things by you before I buy, during the process, after I purchase, you know, when I, if I have any a problem with the property manager or the management, you're there to support, provide guidance. You know, why would I not use you? That's usually what I, what I get. Yeah, so you touched a little bit on um, evaluating properties and the analysis of that. So can you tell me what the driving factor is to determine what homes make the, for a good investment and which ones don't make the cut? Like wow, very good question. So, um, so first of all, I have to say that this is what we believe are a good investment, what we think is a good investment. It's not doesn't mean other properties are not good. It's just what we are looking for. So the main motto, the main what we're looking for is what I call the boring investment. In my mind, the investor who lives in the Bay Area, work for some, no, Seattle, New York, has a busy job, busy and many times demanding job, family and kids many times, doesn't want to deal with anything, right? And or wants to deal or wants to spend as little time as possible. So I'm looking for what I call the, what we call the, the quiet investment, something that could really be in the background of our lives, not take over our lives. This is not, our system is not buy and forget. This is not, you know, my, you know, uh, ch you know uh, mailbox money. There is noise in the system. What you're trying to do is to minimize the noise and minimize the frequency of the noise and the loudness or lack of loudness of the noise. You say noise. Can you elaborate on? Yeah, exactly absolutely. That is? So for me, noise. Every system has noise, right? Uh, a quote unquote noise. For me, noise. In my world of real estate, noise is this. Um, vacancies. There's nothing I can do about it, but it's noise. It's noise in my head, right? I'm annoyed. I'm un unhappy that my house is sitting vacant. So that's the type of noise. Um, a house that you know we have maintenance and repairs issues. That's noise. There is a. Um, a tenant in the property that maybe is not paying right now or COVID or whatever, that's noise. Um, the property manager that I work with that are taking care of my house, there are people, right? They have the typical communication with vendors or, or, or communication challenges with the vendors. I sent them an email, they didn't respond, their answer is in a fractional answer. This is a day-to-day -day thing that we're seeing here. I call it noise, right? Um, maybe once, you know, the type of properties we are doing, maybe once every seven years, 10 years, we'll have an eviction with a problematic tenant. That's noise. For me, all those things create noise that lo lots of us or most of us don't want to deal with, right? But if we understand that noise is part of the system and we're seeing the bigger picture, what the property can do for us and how much noise it brings with it. And on my end, on Simply Do's end, we're doing a lot in order to reduce that noise level. So that means what I mean reducing the noise level, the type of properties that we buy do not have a lot of evictions. They do. It's not a zero, but they do have sometimes, right? So I have had properties in my life that I've probably had three evictions in two years, right? On the same property. I don't do those properties because that's part of the noise I'm talking about. So and I have properties that I've owned for 15 plus years, I have never had an eviction, right? So that's, that's, that's maybe an extreme to the other end. But to, just to show you, I am trying to look for properties for us that will have less of those things. Those things will happen, I promise you. 
but I want them to be as little as, as possible present in your life as an investor because then you can focus on the important things in your life, your life, your job, your family, and you'll say, this is a system that has minimal noise. I can buy another one and another one. Knowing that when you add more properties to your portfolio, your the noise level in your life doesn't you know, exponentially grow up, it will grow up, right? Two properties will generate more noise than one, but it's not gonna be overtaking, you know, you know on your life. The, the best way I like to look at it, my best analogy is this. I look at the properties that we're buying, each one of them is like a fruit tree. And the fruit tree is generating, is providing us fruits. But, you know, but in order to make sure we, we're collecting those fruits, which is the rent, we have to attend to the tree. Now, we don't really have to attend to the tree. We have a gardener, it's a property manager, who attends to our tree. Sometimes the gardener forgot, you know, is sick and he's not going to the tree today. He should have been, but he didn't. Or sometimes the gardener went to the tree and for some reason the hose for the water broke. Those are the noise in the system that we're seeing. What I'm trying to see is like, how can I build or plant a lot of those trees? and have my gardener take care of them, but I have to watch over my gardener to make sure that my gardener does the job. As they should, I just need to watch over. That's a good point. So as far as you're suggesting that people have, you know, building a portfolio, do you suggest them diversifying, buying different types of properties? I know that you guys really like to focus on the more traditional rental, single family homes, but what about multifamily properties or, um, something else along those lines that should potentially come up. Okay, so, so you brought up multiple points here. Um, so when I started investing, I thought that geographical diversification is a smart thing to go to do. Buy one here, one in another metro, two in another metro, and, if, and I follow through with that. After owning multiple properties in probably 10 metros, I realized maybe it's not such, such a smart thing as I think because when you own multiple properties in multiple metros, that means you're probably working with multiple property management companies. Each one of those, you know, those companies have their own systems, processes, procedures, you know, culture, etc. And they're not each and each one is going to so supervising or looking after. I call it the, the the controlling, so to speak, aspect of it. Ten properties in ten different markets with ten different property managers is going to cost me more of my time, energy, etc versus let's just say owning 10 properties in one metro with one property management company which is going to be much easier which one is true so i have learned that the, the diversification is not that beneficial as, as they think there's a price for it it's always a trade-off so i think if you own maybe 10 in one metro is maybe too much but maybe five in two separate metros makes more sense right there's no right and wrong here there's only what is the right, what you feel is you know, the correct number for you. I have investors who are at five feel it's enough in one metro. I have investors only at 10, they feel it's enough in one metro. Uh, but I think the glorification of diversification is not really the case for my own personal experience. I think there's people just give it too much weight without realizing there's a trade-off of effort and time and, you know, and, and, and more noise in the system. As for the type of properties, so, I like to, I, I love single family homes. I love the, I love the American dream so much so that some, sometimes 
I see houses and they literally have white picket fence on the front and I really kind of laugh inside and say, wow, that's amazing. Another classical American dream. I love that, you know, that product. That's the most, probably in real estate is the most liquid product, you know, in terms of real estate. It's probably the one that is more stable in terms of usually when the market goes up, it goes, you know, the most and the fastest and the first. And when the market goes down, it goes last list and you know uh so it's more and it's you know there's a lot of people who want to buy single family home when you want to sell it that's a very easy to analyze evaluate understand all of those things that we may take for granted don't take them for granted at all because if you step into the larger multi meaning five or more i'm not talking about up to four but five or more it's a completely different experience but before i talk about that experience i will say that as much as I like the single family, I am definitely open to the duplex, triplex, fourplex. And when I'm looking at the duplexes, triplexes and fourplexes, I want them to behave as much as possible, you know, like the single family homes in terms of their size, their spec, their location, etc. So one thing I've learned not to go after is the old duplex that it's a 2-1 or 1-1 and maybe in an okay or barely okay part of town. I don't like that. But the three, you know, three bedroom, two bathroom, each side duplex in an okay part of town or a good community that I would probably consider buying single family home just across the street. That for me could work, you know, as long as it kind of behaves as similar as possible to the single family home. Now, when you step over the four, the five, you know, five, uh, uh, five unit and up and up to maybe, I don't know. 30 40 50 doors that's usually the experience is this almost always and i don't know why but that has been my experience almost every time the seller is in some some owner very likely that they're not very organized in terms of leases you know counting information etc they may have portion or, or partial information but not all of it so every time i looked at the at the bigger you know, uh, uh, the bigger building, five, six, 10, whatever, 20, getting basic info about occupancy, numbers, rent roll, you know, things that were repaired, to, even general, without going into show me, prove me, etc., was always, always, always a challenge, like pulling teeth. It was just unbelievable, difficult. That already, you know, takes a lot of time, a lot of energy, and that's even before, before I started paying anyone for inspection that will cost much more. So it's a lot of annoyance to get that information just to make a decision if this is a, something I would like to consider. We don't see it in single family homes. I mean, rarely we do. So in single family homes, nine out of 10 homes, you will have easy time getting most of the information without too much hustle. In the smaller, multi-units it's the opposite one out of ten someone will provide you with information all you know organize and, and help you make a decision nine out of ten it's going to be a, you know it's going to be a journey just to get to the point and i mean hours that you say okay let's put an offer on this one or let's consider this one why you know, we want life difficult or we want life easy yeah. i used to like difficult now i like easy yeah i mean it's a good plan yeah yeah Okay? Yeah. Thank you.